0: X3 is the first exercise device to deliver force in line with the variable capabilities of human movement. When you train like this, you go to a far greater level of fatigue, which triggers a commensurate level of growth. Go to x3bar.com and learn more about the professional athletes that use X3 exclusively, as well as many before and after transformations this discovery has caused. Enter the code LIFTSMARTER for $50 off at checkout. That's lift smarter without a space between the two words for $50 off at checkout.
1: Forget frequently asked questions, common sense, common knowledge, or Google. How about advice from a real genius? 95% of people in any profession are good enough to be qualified and licensed. 5% go above and beyond. They become very good at what they do, but only 0.1%
0: He's a scientist, inventor, and a Wall Street Journal bestselling author. Uh, We're going to talk about his uh, main premise that weightlifting is a waste of time. He's the author of a book, same name. Uh, Weightlifting is a waste of time, so is cardio, and there's a better way to have the body you want. So, John, thank you for coming. Hey,
2: Richard. Thanks for having me.
0: If you would, tell me and tell listeners a bit about your background and what got you interested in in weightlifting and what led to the creation of your your products.
2: Yeah, so... I I started my career in life sciences through uh, developing a medical device. When I was in my late 20s, my mother was diagnosed with osteoporosis. She was pretty sad about it. And uh, I developed a medical device called OsteoStrong, which uh, is actually four different devices for different areas of the body to emulate high impact forces. High impact forces are what grows bone when we're younger, but impact is dangerous as as people get older because it's associated with injury. So the idea was create compressive forces through the bone mass that were similar, but with the danger taken out of them. So it was very slow and controlled loading as opposed to abrupt, like with impact. The results of the device were very successful. My mother now has the bones of a 30-year-old and she's in her 80. This took my life in a very different direction because. Not only did I have that successful medical device, which is now in uh, 10 different countries with 160 clinics, uh, their franchise clinics, it shined the light on putting force into the body and looking for changes based on that environment we create. And what I saw with this impact ready range of motion is that humans are capable of absolutely incredible forces. And I'm not talking athletes. I'm talking little old lady. So we had little old ladies putting seven, eight, 900 pounds through their legs. Well, some of these. No. Oh yeah. really? Oh yeah. Yeah. People have no idea what their body is capable of. Like where we are in sports science and this is not an indictment of sports scientists i think they're very good scientists but nobody took one giant step backwards and said what's so good about weightlifting anyway like is this really the right thing like that's always sort of been the accepted method for stimulating muscle growth which is no different than picking up rocks like weights have handles on them that's really the the only difference that's true so nobody really asked the question, is there something better than this? Or what what would the human body work best with? Now, most of the people who succeeded with weightlifting, these are very few and far between maybe one out of 1000s of people, Uh, you know, like everybody had a guy at their high school that the day he started his weight training class, it was like he was never the same guy, like just mutated in front of everybody. But there was usually maybe one guy, that was like that that you ever run into in your life. And everybody else seemed to struggle and struggle and struggle. I know people who have gone to the gym for 10 years and they don't look like they've ever been, ever. I think fitness ah, is the most crazy. failed human endeavor of all. And so once I had this bone loading data, I realized, well, weightlifting is very problematic. And I actually actually came across a quote from Dr. Peter Atia where he said, the problem with weightlifting is you overload joints and underload muscles. And that's absolutely true. Like we pick a weight when we lift weights based on what we can handle in our weakest range of motion. What do we know about our weakest range of motion? Well, the least amount of muscle is involved. So the only time the muscle is really taxed is when the least amount of muscle. is. And then at the same time, that's where the majority of the joint damage. Happens. There's not enough evidence on this, but one might be able to say that's where all joint damage. Happens. So it just got me to a point where I thought, wow what we need to do is focus on variable resistance. Now, people have realized that there is such a thing as variable resistance. And so they would add bands to weights or just do workouts with just bands and nothing really worked. And the the problem was they didn't have a way to manage the variable resistance and they had no idea of what ratio of variance was proper. But I had that information out of my own study the development of my product and the clinical trial that happened in London. We did it at uh, University of East London. So when looking at all this data, I thought, wow, I have a unique opportunity here. I'm the only one with data that really proves that weightlifting is beyond stupid if you're trying to grow muscle and lose body fat. It's a terrible approach, still better than cardio. Like there's 40 years of research that shows cardio, upregulates cortisol from a chronic perspective, meaning it doesn't go down. And so, cause you do cardio, let's say three or four times a week, if you want it to be effective, never lets the cortisol go down. And I'm talking about like steady state cardio, like jogging, because that's the kind of cardio most people do. When you okay. do that, you increase cortisol. Cortisol does two things. It gets rid of muscle. So the weight you lose is muscle and it preserves body fat. So As in, it wants you to have as much storage as possible because if you're trying to be an endurance machine, you want to store a lot of fuel and you want a really small engine. It makes perfect sense physiologically, but we've been, society's just been stupidly going down this path thinking cardio is for weight loss. Cardio will keep you as fat as possible, as long as possible. And you're fighting your endocrinology. That doesn't mean that people don't starve themselves and do cardio and end up losing a lot of muscle and some body fat. And then they think that's a success, you know, yay for them. They're miserable and uh, they're, they're actually less healthy because they lost all the muscle. So I just looked at the entire fitness industry and thought this is beyond stupid. Like, There is a better way, and it is through variable resistance, but nobody's pulled off variable resistance well enough to really prove that point. So I had to develop a device, and that device is X3. So we generally, on average, are at a 5 to 1 ratio from weak range to strong range. You begin to do repetitions, and you use all ranges of motion until you cannot get to your stronger range because the loading is so high. So like, for example, when I do a chest press, as I push away from myself, I stop short of lockout because you never want to lock out. Another thing you okay. yep. don't understand because you want to keep constant tension on the muscle. You don't want to let the muscle rest at the top. So I go and I use 550 pounds, but as I begin to lower the weight towards myself, about the midway point, it's 300 pounds. And then when it's about an inch off my chest, it's only 100 pounds. So I do those repetitions until I can't hit that 550 anymore. Hmm. Then I start doing half repetitions with 300 pounds. And I might do four or five of those. And then I cannot. And then I do
0: 100 wait, pounds. One, question. Pounds, one quick question. Very short. So if I'm imagining you, um, uh, let's say bench pressing. So at certain points in the range of motion, it sounds like your body can accommodate far more weight.
2: You're seven times stronger in your stronger range of motion than you are in your weaker. Range. Okay, interesting. So...
0: When you exercise with greater force, you trigger greater gains. Shown in 16 out of 16 studies, variable resistance grows muscle faster than weights alone. Go to x3bar.com and learn more about the professional athletes that use X3 exclusively, as well as many before and after transformations this discovery has caused. Enter the code LIFTSMARTER for $50 off at checkout. That's Lift Smarter without a space between the two words, for $50 off at checkout. Thank you. So you have a system where the, the weight dynamically increases or decreases depending on where you're at in the range of motion? Correct. That's cool. Okay. Keep going, please. Yeah. And,
2: and, I mean, it's really simple and elegant. It's done with very heavy latex banding. Now, if you tr- and it comes with a bar and a plate to stand on. If you tried to use the product without the bar and the plate, you'd probably break your wrists and ankles because these are the kinds of forces that you can't just grab onto a band because a band will twist your wrist like do you want your wrist twisted when you're holding 500 pounds definitely not same thing with the ankle it only takes seven pounds of lateral force to break an ankle ask anyone in the nfl they'll tell you all about it you know you can't just stand on a band and do a deadlift of any significant so like when you see people working out with just bands they're not doing any they'll never stimulate any growth at all because they can't get heavy enough without hurting their joints. And of course, if they start hurting their joints, then then they're out of commission long-term. Okay. Right. So all three things are required. A second ground to stand on, which we saw with a metal plate, that the bands move freely underneath. And uh, this keeps your ankle straight. And then there's the bar, which has a swivel inside of it, like an Olympic bar. So your wrist is always neutral and protected. And you have that bar to grab onto so that you can deliver the maximum amount of force and once people start training like this muscular growth provided they have the proper amount of protein in their diet by the way protein is the only thing that counts the idea you know that you need more calories you see that all the time that's bullshit it's just protein in fact carbohydrates are not even a macronutrient at all like that's another thing that we're being lied to for political reasons by the u.s government didn't they just
0: redo like the food chart and rank like uh you know yeah.
2: like honey nut cereal is higher than than meat <laughs> yeah that commission 95% of the people on that commission had conflicts of interest because they all work for craft and kellogs and general mills they make cookies and crackers and so of course they're going to say cookies and crackers are the smartest thing you can eat and the worst thing you can eat is beef no that's the best thing you can. that's the most nutrient dense food in the world, and in my book, Weightlifting is a Waste of Time, I go, I go into so much detail, and there are, there are hundreds of references to scientific studies that prove this. And anything that goes contrary, and I say this in the book, anything that goes contrary to what I, what I put in the book, and some of the studies I mentioned, because I didn't want to be like biased and cherry-picking, it's like, yeah, there's another side of this argument. And I talked about some of the studies that have been funded by Kellogg. You've heard breakfast is the most important meal of the day, right? Oh, yeah. I've heard that for 30, 40 years. Your whole life you've heard that. That was made up by Kellogg's. And they just got some doctors who got paid off to 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 agree with it. So it's complete bullshit. Like, there is no most important meal of the day. In fact, you do most of your cellular regeneration when you're sleeping. So meal timing is bullshit. The idea that you need carbohydrates is totally bullshit. I don't have any in my diet. I might, I might have 20 grams a day, which I usually so take. Are you, a
0: uh, are you essentially on a carnivore diet or like a keto diet?
2: Well, I don't like the term keto diet. The keto, ketogenesis is a system within the human body that is not used for most people who eat a Western diet. Well, a- any person who eats a Western diet, they never tap the potential of this system. And what this system does is uses, uses your body fat for fuel. And, uh, it, your body has to be looking for body fat or fats in general as fuels. And you got to get into a state of ketogenesis. But like when somebody says I'm doing a keto diet, I, yeah, I kind of just want to roll my eyes and walk away from them because it's like, it's not a diet. It's a system of your body. You know, we don't have a liver diet for your liver because it's your fucking liver, <laughs> right? It's right, a thing in your you. body. Like it's, it's, and you know, when somebody says keto is bad for you, it's like, oh, really? We have a whole system inside of our bodies. It's bad for us. You sure about that? You want to start cutting out other organs to find out which ones of those are bad too? Uh. Yeah. Are we going to have ultimate health if we take everybody's spleen out? No, I don't think so. So it's in your body. And so like, it's completely ignorant when somebody says keto is bad for you. Now to do it absolutely perpetually with no breaks, we don't know. I'll give the detractors of ketogenic type nutrition, uh, pass and say, well, you know, if you have a ketogenic diet for seven straight years, are there going to be some health complications? Maybe, I don't know. But, uh, usually people don't have much trouble breaking their ketogenic diet because even if you're strict at some point, somebody will be like, you know, Hey, have an apple. Right. Like, so, okay, there, you just broke it. And, you know, Five hours later, you'll be back into ketosis, so it's fine.
3: Before we get started, I have a quick favor. I've been self-funding the Finding Genius podcast for five years now. I've done over 3,000 episodes. And as you can see on YouTube, we're up over a million views on the channel, which is fantastic. The next thing I really want to push on is to get up to 10,000 subscribers. Because once we do, we'll be able to put a donate button, and we'll be able to solicit donations to help keep the podcast running, and to also get the Finding Genius Foundation moving along. We have a big project studying anxiety, depression, and PTSD, and working on a product to help people overcome these problems, uh, because I've seen them explode recently after the uh, you know the last two years of the whole virus situation. So if you would, please subscribe to the podcast. That would help us tremendously. Give us a thumbs up. And check in the description for buy me a coffee. It's about five bucks. If you could buy me a coffee, I'd really appreciate it. It would help keep the channel going and I love coffee. Thank you.
0: So what is, um, just to skip ahead and we'll we'll come right back, but what is your week of fitness look like? Like what are the activities? And again, what does it look like for you just to give people a quick idea?
2: I I usually eat one meal a day. That's at the end of the day. It is primarily steak. I take one supplement called Fortigen, which gives me about the equivalent of 150 grams of protein. And I try and get to about 250 grams. So that means every night i'm eating a pound or a pound and a half of steak and that's
0: it you have no vegetables you have this one supplement no. you have, i'm sure it's it's grass-fed good steak but that's what you
2: eat every day it, it is well you know it depends on where i am you know, if i'm in california that's easy to find that's where i live but if i'm in kansas city you know it's corn fed that's what they do. so you know the nutrients are a little less dense but it, there's not a huge difference between the grass-fed and sort of the, the farm-raised. But even now, it, McDonald's beef is grass-fed up until the last three weeks of the cow's life. And then it's corn-fed, so it can be marbled and there can be some body fat. So it's corn-finished? You know, McDonald's? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Actually, McDonald's is super high-quality meat. They don't talk about it, though, because um, they didn't used to, but they do now. And uh, they don't talk about it because they'll put out a press release that their meat is high quality. And then there'll be 5,000 articles saying McDonald's is trying to poison your children and lie to you. Uh, you know, it's because it's just such a, they're like the lightning rod of the fast food industry, even though they're like the least of the bad offenders. Like, I think the worst one is Panda Express. There's all kinds of chemicals in uh, what you get at Panda Express. Like, I would never eat there. Taco Bell's pretty bad, too. But the better ones were sort of the burger places because they've really kind of cleaned up the meat and it's, and it's high quality now. Um, there's actually a Michelin star chef who I know who used to do all the buying uh, for meat in Europe for McDonald's. And they hired this guy for a reason because they only want the highest quality beef going into McDonald's burgers. And uh, he said, when I'm traveling, he lives in Iceland. Uh, he says, when I'm traveling, I always will feed my kids from McDonald's because I know it's high quality. Like you That's know, crazy. They okay. You don't eat the fries. Cause there's nothing good about a French fry. I don't have a Coke either. That's just poison. Horrible. I mean, Hey, one Coke's not going to kill you, but if you drink a Coke every day, yeah, that'll probably kill you.
0: We've got the, so we've got the eating part. Now what about the physical fitness part of your week? What does that look like?
2: My workout it, when you first start using X3, you get through your whole workout in 10 minutes, the more muscular you become, the more recovery time you need. And I'm, at this point, I'm extremely muscular. I'm six feet tall, 240 pounds, uh, very lean. You can see all my abs. I have veins showing in my abs. So um, now, when I do like a deadlift, you know, so I'm exercising spinal erector muscles, trapezius muscles, grip strength, hamstrings, and glutes. So, like a large percentage of muscle in my body is being used d- during that movement. Like, I'm gasping for air for like five minutes. So it doesn't take me 10 minutes anymore. It takes me more like 25 minutes to get through a workout. But what I'll do is I'll do a set at my office, which is usually where I am. And then I'll answer emails for 10 minutes in between and then go do another set. So really, I'm doing you know, each set is like two minutes. So it's really like I have actual exercise time. It's less than an hour for the whole week. And uh okay. okay. For a guy over 40 years old, I put on muscle probably faster than anyone ever. Cause when I was 40, I was I was in, I don't know, like some people see my before picture and they're like, oh, you still look pretty strong there. Well, I had lifted weights for 20 years, but I didn't think I got much out of it. And so- You should joke I,
0: I, and tell people you're, you're 150, you know, now. They'd be like, oh my God.
2: <laughs> what, 150 years old?
0: Yeah, I was just kidding. I, you know, if you tell people you're like 150 years old, they'd be like, oh. no way.
1: Oh, right,
2: right. Yeah, yeah, that's true. Uh, but usually over forty years old. Like I, I finished my prototype for X3. I had a machine shop, a group of guys that make uh, race car stuff. Because I and they they did a kind of a custom aluminum aluminum sort of exterior with a interior carbon steel rod connecting the two hooks on each side of the bar. And it was funny. I spent two thousand dollars on this bar and the plate that you stand on and i started using it and then i started using it with some friends i kind of traveled all over the place just showing some influential people that i knew that i'm going to be coming out with this product and i just got patents granted on on these things and they would ask me well how much was your prototype to build and i said two thousand dollars and they immediately said if i give you two thousand dollars will you make me one because they didn't want to wait for the production product they were so excited about it and immediately These are some of the most influential people in the world. Immediately, I was like, they're willing to pay $2,000 for something I'm going to charge $500 for? Huh. I think I got a real business here. And uh, sure enough, launched the product. Um, Our launch was actually on the Dave Asprey podcast, the Bulletproof podcast.
0: Mm -hmm. I know Dave Asprey.
2: Yeah. Yeah. And so it was phenomenal. And it's just been super successful ever since. One thing we had to pivot from, though, and I think your, your fans will appreciate this. Originally, I was just going to target a kind of a standard fitness audience. And um, fitness, people who follow fitness, fitness is not like scuba diving. Like scuba diving is is a sport where if you're dumb, you're dead. So generally, you won't even get certified to scuba dive if you can't understand some simple concepts. Unfortunately, with fitness, there's very little understanding of anything. And people sort of jump right into it, which is part of the reason why the fitness industry is credited for injuring a lot of people. So very quickly, I realized that these people weren't going to be able to understand a new concept. They're just, and there's a lot of research on this, like what kind of people can understand a new concept? Well, pretty intelligent. And uh, the fitness industry is kind of full of people who aren't so smart. And I'm talking the fans and the people who work in it. Uh, you, You know, the industry is primarily focused on selling memberships. No, you never heard of a gym membership that's based on results, right? Like you pay the gym for every like 10 pounds you lose. No, yeah, You just pay for,
0: you know, a monthly or whatever it is. Yeah.
2: Right. And the reason they don't do results based is because 99.9% of people never see any result at all. So I'm sure, you know, somebody who's been going to a gym for 10 years and they don't look any different, probably worse. Well, I know far more
0: people that just sign up, but don't go at all. So, you
2: know, <laughs> well, above, I don't you know, I don't know what
0: percentage point. actually go. See, and I, but the I ones
2: think that go, they're still going to get results, right? I, well, after X3 came out, I, I really feel differently about human behavior, and people aren't skipping X because they see results immediately. Like you do it, and you look in the mirror the next day, and you look a little different. And you do it again, and you look in the mirror the next day, and you look a little different. The reason people quit is because they go however many times they go, and they're like, "I don't see shit." And so it's just it's, it's very. Very demotivating, whereas that's not what happens.
0: So what is it like to do an extra workout? Literally, what, what are you doing and what is it like? And do you have to be at a high level of fitness to even start it? Otherwise, you'll hurt yourself. Like, no, you know, no. Some questions can have-
2: do it. We have people in their 90s that do it. So you know, the, the loading, you can change. You don't, you don't have to be fit at all. Uh, most people who start are... So, I mean, we pivoted. That was kind of the end of that story. We pivoted from a fitness audience to a busy professional type audience. You know, people who value their time because it's quick. You don't, the body doesn't need a lot of time to stimulate. It needs a lot of time to build. So you stimulate and then you stay away from that muscle group for 48 hours. So there's six workouts per week, but it's alternating sort of workout A and workout B. I mean, that's that's what my, that's finishes up what my week looks like. But the, uh, the people who are making progress are at all different levels of fitness. Now um, the entire Miami Heat basketball team only uses X3. They endorsed the book. The endorsement is on the back cover. Uh, the foreword was written by Forrest Griffin. He has a lot of UFC fighters because he's in charge of uh, the uh, UFC Training Institute. And so, like newer fighters assigned with the UFC, they got to check with him and explain what they're doing with their training. He, it's just his job to really make sure they're not hurting. So uh, X3 is a great way to continue to do heavy training without hurting yourself. Now, there's some complications with fighters in that they want to stay in a weight class and X3 grows your musculature. So you can knock yourself out of your own weight class if you're not careful, uh, just because you keep growing muscle. But
0: well, what does what it feel to do your first X3 workout? You know, what have you heard from, from customers?
2: It's the hardest workout you'll ever do, but it's just over quick. So it's much more intense. That doesn't mean dangerous because I, I think a lot of people confuse intensity with like just doing stupid shit like trying to lift way more than you can and like dropping the bar on yourself and they're like oh i was going for intensity now you're just an idiot there's strategies for intensity so when we use variable resistance that is the best strategy to get the heaviest load through the muscle trigger the most growth and have the least risk of injury and so that's that's how they apply it and uh like I said, it's a very hard workout experience. But as soon as it's over, you're never in any danger, you feel fantastic. And you look in the mirror the next day, and you're a little different.
0: Well, one, um, actually, it was at Dave, Dave Asprey's Bulletproof Conference, I think about six years ago, I tried these uh, variable resistance machines. But you know, I saw if you push really hard, you will hurt yourself. So I don't know if you're familiar with those. um, Yeah, um, how different are these and what makes these safer?
2: So all of the load that is put on your body is created by yourself. So it's a slow and controlled motion. So you're not going to be able, you have a process in your body called neural inhibition, meaning your central nervous system will stop you stop you from contracting a muscle if that contraction is going to create an injury in a joint or just the same kind of reflex where you put your hand near a stove that's on and you don't realize it's on, like your hand just snaps back because... It beginning to be burned. So neural inhibition is what controls how much force you can or cannot withstand at any given point. I know the machines you're talking about, they used motors to try and mm, predict what kind of load somebody could handle and, or couldn't handle. Well, they're not going to be right for everybody because everyone's biomechanics are a little bit different. Everyone has a different tendon insertion point. Uh, for every muscle, and um I'm, coincidentally that 's the genetic difference between why people gain muscle so easily and why people don 't but ultimately, this is your own force that you create which cannot hurt you if you use it properly
0: so for someone again that that has never hasn 't worked out let 's say in X number of years, is their first session going to just like knock the you know clean their clock and they 'll just be totally exhausted, or what will they be like?
2: Or is it someone that Exhausting just not in the, the optimal way. Exhausted, yes. Sore, no. So, like, like soreness comes from muscle damage, and contrary to the misinformation that's out there, muscle damage does not cause growth. It is inversely related to growth. So, if you didn't it, any muscle damage at all, is actually going to stop you from growing muscle because that damage has to be repaired, which does not continue then into growth. So, and this is part of the problem with regular weights. Regular weights tend to always leave. Micro tear damage if there's a relevant load. We bypass this with variable resistance because we're fatiguing the ranges of motion that let us use the entire musculature. So there's no damage at all because we're not only focusing on tiny little pieces of one muscle like we are in the weaker range to move load. And by the time we get there, we're using a nominal load. By the time we get to fatigue, So the complete fatigue, the last couple of repetitions, you're dealing with such a light weight that it would be nominal to you at any other given moment. But at that moment, when you've exhausted the majority of the muscular tissue, then you're just exhausting the balance that's left. So you're fatiguing the entire musculature, which is something you can never, ever do with a weight.
0: So it sounds like you're squeezing the last bits of toothpaste out of the the
2: tube in a way. Yeah. Whereas like regular weightlifting is just getting a drop of toothpaste out of it. We get all.
0: I mean, do you see people get discouraged because the initial workout is so exhausting
2: or? No, they, no. They just, they, I mean, happy or what do they say? They feel tired, but they feel really satisfied. Uh, like, wow, I didn't think like I would be so exhausted by this, by, you know, just some heavy bands and a bar and a plate. But then over time, they just look completely different. Our before and after pictures are incredible. Like it's it's people like you can recognize them but they're, they just look like completely different level of fitness. They go from looking like usually a sort of a skinny guy or an overweight guy to looking like, you know, somebody that was in the movie, Troy, like really good shape, lean. Now, not everybody has the genetics to be big, you know, real big, like 250 pounds of muscular, like I've been trying to get there for a while. I think I've kind of hit my genetic limit at 240, but still at 240, I walk into NFL locker rooms because I work with uh, 40 different NFL players and the guys that don't recognize me, they're like, oh, who do you play for? And I'm like, no, dude, first of all, I'm 45. Second of all, I'm a scientist, not a football player. And they just don't know. They can't tell what age I'm at and they can't because like, if you look at my body, it doesn't reconcile with the number of 45 years old. And uh and I'm usually like just conditioning wise, body fat and musculature wise, I'm right there with them. So they just figure I'm one of them. That was really weird. Cause when I first started X3 and started working with pro athletes, they didn't say that. But then I put on, you know, 45 pounds of muscle and oh, who do you play for? Oh, that's um, pretty cool.
0: That's probably the best compliment they can give you, right?
2: Yeah. Yeah. Especially coming from like it's cool when like, you know, little kids stop me in the parking lot and ask if I'm Batman you know, that's kind of funny. I get Batman, I get Thor, you know, some kid who was like, where's your hammer? And I looked at him like, what do you mean? <laughs> and his mom was like, he thinks you're Thor. And I'm like, oh, I don't bring it to groceries. It's yeah, uh, funny. Yeah, it is. It is well, it feels great. I mean, like most family guys, the greatest thing that you could ever do for them is help them restructure their body so that their kid looks at them and thinks my dad's a superhero.
0: Yeah, that's really cool. It's a good aspirational thing for oh, kids to see man. that, you
2: know. Yeah, and then of course the kid wants to be fit too.
0: So where where does this uh, take place? Like, do people have to go to a specialized gym that has the extra equipment? Uh, oh no, do they it's, it's buy home it them themselves.
2: No, I'm planning on putting all gyms out. Of like, I just think they're terrible places, especially you know like during the pandemic. Politicians got. Almost everything wrong, but the only thing they got right was gyms in that they are hives of spreading bacteria and viruses. There are 40,000 times the amount of bacteria, pathogens, and viruses on the average dumbbell rack compared to the average public toilet seat. That was a clinical study that was done on sort of what, what are the dirtiest places, the places with the most infectious organisms gyms were the absolute worst place you can go because they can't clean things. You know, they can't be spraying everything down with alcohol between every use. And also while people are exercising, exhaling hard, they're basically spitting all over everything. You know. So, but you again,
0: where, where do people go to engage in X3? Do they buy equipment? Do they go to yeah, they yeah, it's, it's a
2: yeah. It's a home it's device. It, it fits in a drawer when you're not using it.
0: Oh, wow. Okay. And what, it It allows you to well, you attach it to current weights you have and then it turns into an x three type exercise, or how does it work?
2: No, no, you don't need weights at all it it contains all the force uh that you'll ever need, so like the heaviest band goes a little beyond seven hundred pounds, then the next heaviest is three fifty and then the next heaviest is uh well it depends on which exercise you're doing so so but it, it, ultimately you can. Work every muscle in the body to the most extreme degree, whether you're an elite athlete or a high school kid or just a guy who's, you know, in his 40s and wants to get in shape.
0: So what does like a day one protocol look like? What would my first, let's say I get it from you. I got it at home. I open it up. What's my first workout look like? What are some of the specific exercises, let's say?
2: So you would do like the first workout. Workout A is pushing muscles. So you would do chest press, tricep press. You would do quadriceps, like squats, and um, calf raise. And then the next day, you would do deadlift, bent row, so sort of like a kind of a lat-type exercise, latissimus dorsi, you know, the sort of sides of your back, bicep curl, and uh, overhead press. Actually, I'm sorry, you do the... That, that That's the one discrepancy I have on those two days. You'd actually do the calf raise on that day. You do the overhead press on the pushing. I mean, calves are a pushing exercise, but... We put them on the pull day because you have more pushing muscles in your body. But the uh, pulling ones are especially dense and especially exhaust you.
0: Okay. So is it like two different workouts a week repeated? Yeah. Um, That's it. You know, three times each? Or what is it? Was it three different right. workouts repeated twice? Or what two different like?
2: workouts repeated three times each on alternating days.
0: And do the workouts change over time? Or are you still doing the same thing each time you
2: work out? Good question. There's a couple things that that do change. Like you start off doing a regular squat with two legs, but your lower body works much better when you work one leg at a time. Like functionally, the only thing you do on two legs is stop. But when you're propelling yourself forward, it's one leg at a time. And exercising one leg at a time, one quadricep, one glute, you know, you're looking at two of the larger muscles in the entire body. Why divide all that energy of you know the energy of your lungs the energy of your heart getting oxygenated blood there and recovering it like you you don't want two sets of quadriceps or you know both quads and and both glutes to be worked when you can instead work one leg at a time and take all the resources of the body and just put them into one of the quadriceps and one of the glutes so because then there's going to be more fatigue and more growth potential so you kind of graduate from the two-leg squat and I think it's at like week five where you switch over to the, and we have all this in video, the whole program. So you kind of graduate to the single leg squat. You keep doing that. And you never go back.
0: So what do average results in look like? And in what what average time period?
2: I've seen people put on 20 pounds of muscle in six months. And um, these are natural athletes. And many of them are over 40 years old. That's absolutely unheard of with anything. Else.
0: But what if you got like, a, you know, overweight, out of shape, 40 year old that, you know, kind of works out or not even, you know, maybe they haven't worked out in a bunch of years. What does it look like for them? Let's say in the first month.
2: Yeah. They follow the program. They can put on 20 pounds of muscle and they'll lose fat very quickly. you know, as you build muscle, that's a metabolic engine. Uh, I think one of the failures of fitness is the way fitness has been prescribed to us in the past. Hardly any muscles ever built. Therefore, the overweight people they want to build muscle because a muscle is a metabolic engine that's running all the time, even while they are sleeping. So they can eat more calories and their body's going to be more efficient about managing them. So you build muscle and you're losing weight, you're losing body fat, whether you like it or not, because you just, you burn more. So that never really worked before because people just didn't gain any muscle. But now with X3, they gain a lot of muscle and provided they monitor their nutrition, keep their carbohydrates low and protein to one gram per pound of body weight, they grow. And it's it's not like weight training where it's like one out of a thousand people grow or one out of 10,000. It's like everyone.
0: Mm. Okay. Well, very good. How can people um, find out more about X3 and you know order the system and get their questions answered? Where can they go?
2: Sure. there's The product's website is x3bar.com. My website is drj.com, D-O-C-T-O-R, the letter J, dot com. And the reason it's, it's not my last name is because as we discussed before the show, my last name is a pain in the ass. Just about everybody spells it wrong. So just drj.com. Okay. Yeah. And they can find X3 and uh, like the protein supplement I take it's made of bacterial fermentation. It's very unique. It's a reappropriated cancer treatment. Yeah, it was as uh, many clinical trials for the purpose of stopping muscle wasting during chemo and radiation. And, oh, okay. Uh, yeah, so. now now I'm using it to help people gain as much muscle as possible. And just, just generally, I think it's a, it's a great health decision. It forces you to have lower calorie intake. I think a lot of people foolishly summarize weight loss as all you have to do is have a calorie deficit yeah, well, we've been saying that for 70 years and everybody's fatter and sicker than ever. But, you know, I mean, it's just like, that is a simpleton's view. There's a, many more aspects, like what hormones get triggered when you eat what. So, but ultimately you do need to take in less calories than you use, but there's methods of doing that. So like, if you space meals further apart, you'll do better. If you even dry fast, like a uh, Muslim stew during Ramadan, like that has produced amazing fat loss. Uh, There's great studies on that. There's a a German study and a Greek study that basically had the same uh, result where people were losing more than two pounds of body fat per day with dry fasting. And, you know, normally you can't lose more than a half a pound with a very aggressive calorie cutting program. And that just leaves you angry. It's funny when you eat nothing, you're not hungry. When you eat a little, you're real hungry.
0: What do you think um, your physique would be like if you didn't eat the way you eat, but you used X3? If you ate, you know, not necessarily a crap diet, but just an okay one. You know, it's, it sounds like you, you eat... You mean a- like I
2: ate all the required protein, but I still ate like a, a standard American diet, like burgers, fries?
0: Okay. Yeah, well, I'll ask you two ways. Yeah, if you ate a standard American diet, but still did X3, or if you ate pretty well, but not nearly as strict as you eat, Um, And again, you used X3. What do you think your results would look like?
2: If you get the minimum amount of protein and you just eat a lot of garbage along with it, I'd probably be big, strong, and a little pudgy. You know, I might be like 16, 18% body fat, but, you know, now I'm more like 6% body
0: fat. Right. I'm just trying to uh, tease apart, like what do you think is from X3 and what do you think is from the way you eat? Like, you know, if you didn't do X3, well, you ate as strict as you eat and you followed the same like dietary protocols. What do you think you would look like versus doing X3?
2: I'd probably be a very, a very slim guy. Oh, let's see. I can do this calculation because I just would have gained no muscle, but I'd be lean. So, you know, I might be like 160 or 150 pounds, six feet tall, which is sickly looking, but I'd be thin. I'd be lean. I'd have a six pack, but you know, still like string bean arms. Okay yeah I mean x three is x three is really putting the muscle on, and the nutrition is designed so that you get enough protein so like when I approach nutrition, a lot of people have a bias when they go to write a nutrition book, and about two thirds of weightlifting is a waste of time is about nutrition um there's a lot of oversimplifications about nutrition, like abs are eighty percent made in the kitchen. you've heard that before it's kind of stupid because you know, you really only ha- like you. You have two things that you're giving your body: it's nutrition and it's exercise. And uh, coincidentally, and this is this is how I landed on almost like a complete carnivore nutrition is because the two greatest. So so when it comes to nutrition research, there's so much conflicting stuff because, like I said, ninety five percent of the people on the government's commission on nutrition work for like candy company and snack food and pharmaceutical companies that treat obesity Do they want people to be healthy not really they lose all their customers so they behave in a way where they recommend uh what is it frosted mini wheats is one of the top healthiest foods you can eat yeah, um, yeah and that's like like anybody who's been paying attention to anything in nutrition knows that's just ludicrous. Well, if it's, if it's made with
0: if it's made with crickets, maybe it's good for you.
2: I'm just kidding. Well, they're going to start saying that because crickets are cheap. The reason our, we are being pushed towards carbohydrates is political. Uh, there's a group in this country that believes that whether we like it or not, we need to go socialist. Well, the government's in charge of feeding everybody. Do they want to spend 40 cents per day having you eat? crickets and wheat grain and in seed oils, or do they want to spend $20 per day feeding steak? Well, it's the former, not the.
0: Right. It's like yeah. the old movie, Soylent and Green. If they could, they would probably like chop up people and reconstitute them as food for other people like that movie.
2: Yeah. I mean, that's a terrifying film, but we are at the point where they're making unhealthy recommendations and saying that that's healthy uh, because that's what they want That's what they want to pay for as opposed to wanting to pay for people to actually be healthy. It's a shame, but that's, that's where we are. And the snack food companies are thrilled to help.
0: Well, very good, John. I don't want to take us too long. I'm sorry to, you know, um, but I think we're ready to close out. So again, uh, if you could just repeat, where can people go to start engaging and learning more and and ordering X3 and delving into your book and all that, where do they
2: go? Go to x3bar.com and you can read all about the product and you can order the book from there. Like anyone who's skeptical, anyone who heard what I'm saying, and they're thinking, wow, that makes a lot of sense what he's saying, but I haven't heard any of this before. I'd like to read a little bit more about it. Read the book. The book has 260 pages, 250 clinical references. Like I back up absolutely everything I say with all kinds of research that was done by others. And, um, I got an endorsement by Tony Robbins in his last book called life it was just uh, featured in another book called stay off my operating table. Eh. Uh, talking about where cardiologists pointing out that a lot of these nutrition recommendations are absolutely killing people. And, uh, if you just eat the way I say people should eat, uh, you would not have any cardiac. problems. So it's, it's, it's good. Like people are coming around endorsing. And I, like I said, the Miami heat and, uh, I had a great paper that was, uh, published in Journal of um, Aeronautical Medicine. Uh, It's really like a a NASA journal and some NASA people were involved in in that study and it was very positive.
0: Well, very good, John. Thank you so much for coming on the podcast. I appreciate it.
2: Thanks, Richard. This was good.
0: Remember, before you go, X3 is the device that will give you the body you want, one that your partner and your kids will admire you like you're
3: a superhero. Go to x3bar.com and learn more about the professional athletes that use X3 exclusively. As well as many before and after transformations this discovery has caused. Enter the code LIFT SMARTER for $50 off at checkout.
0: That's LIFT SMARTER without a space between the two words for $50 off at checkout. Thank you.
1: You've been listening to the Finding Genius podcast with Richard Jacobs.